Hoody hoo. Hey guys, welcome to episode 84. Okay guys, um, here with another one. I feel like I haven't done one in a while as far as time frame. I've kind of given myself a little time off just to get my mind right. Um, but, you know, I'm always searching for a great guest and, and uh, our next guest I found on uh, Facebook. Um, I found a few good guests off of this one support group. And um, every so often I, you know, post uh, that I'm looking for guests and some people reach out and some people don't it is what it is. Um, but yeah, next guest, uh, you know, has a very interesting story and very nice guy. Uh, so why don't you kind of tell us uh, your name and uh, obviously what your condition is. Hey, uh, I'm Johnny Favor, and I have limb girdle muscular dystrophy, type 2J. All right, can you, I mean, for, for most people who don't know what that is, can you describe what that entails? Yeah, so um, it's a genetic condition that I've had since birth that causes uh, progressive muscle weakness uh, in all of my skeletal muscles throughout my life. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, is this something you're born with? Um, okay. So when now there, you, there is multiple, cause you said J, is there multiple types like within letters or how, how does that work? Yeah, there, there are a lot of multiple, uh, subtypes for LDMD. It goes, uh, all the way from A through the entire alphabet, I believe. Um, and now there's a new naming convention because they were running out of letters. Wow. Um, but I believe A, uh, C, B, E, and I are all very popular. Mine is uh, not very common at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when it gets further down to alpha, does that mean it gets worse or, uh, is um, it... I think it's just, uh, in order of discovery. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so how, um, so you were obviously diagnosed that as a child. Um, what, how did your parents take it? Like, didn't your parents really, did, did they knew well, what, it... what to do for you? It wasn't quite as uh, straightforward as that. Um, like many people with muscular dystrophy, uh, I was misdiagnosed many times wow. um, before I was able to reach the final uh, diagnosis. And I had just learned the the actual genetic subtype in January of this year. It's been a 15 to 20 year long battle um, trying to figure out what is going on. Um, and a lot of that is due to the speed of genetics and how and uh, we're able to identify pathogenic variants that are disease causing. Right. Um, so originally I, I just started like walking oddly when I was younger and my parents didn't know what to do. So I've throughout my childhood, I've been to, you know, Shriners and, uh, the nationwide children's hospital in Ohio, which is really well known for muscular dystrophy stuff. Um, all the way to New York, to Dallas, to Seattle, all over the place to see different doctors to try and figure this out. Wow. Um, um, right. And you said you live in Ohio, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, what were, do you know what, remember some of the misdiagnosis you were getting? Yeah, I was originally diagnosed uh, with Becker muscular dystrophy, which is a different type. Um, I believe it's a little bit more severe in the progression. Um, so I'm glad I don't have that. Uh, I was diagnosed with that when I was in sixth grade on Valentine's Day. I remember that. Um, and then I didn't get a different diagnosis for several years, uh, even after multiple biopsies. 
uh, muscle biopsies. And then I was diagnosed with mitochondrial myopathy, which is a very common misdiagnosis for people with limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And then through uh, extensive genetic testing through the Jane Foundation and GeneDX and my neurologist that I've worked with, we were finally able to, um, I guess, get some real clarity this year um, on what my, I guess, mutation, my genetic mutations uh, mean for my disease, whether or not they are causing them or not. And finally, they, they've been classified as disease causing. And, and here I am with QJ. Great. <laughs> right. Um, I asked somebody this before because someone who had a very late diagnosis. What is it like? Like refreshing? Like, are you happy that you got a real diagnosis? Is it sad that to know what you have now? And and like, yeah, what what is your like? What? How did you feel when you finally got a real diagnosis? It's really, I guess, like vindicating, sort of. Um, it's kind of weird. So, like, it's it's obviously very like. It's like suffering a lot, you know, going through, especially going through your teenage years, getting weaker and, you know, not being able to do things. But it's even harder when you're trying to tell people why and you don't even have the answer because the doctors don't have the answer. Um, And and so I grew up going to, you know, muscular dystrophy camp, MDA camp and all that. And most of these other kids already knew what they had and I never knew. And it was really nice to know finally um, that it actually is muscular dystrophy even. Um, and then to know the subtype, even though it's a really rare one, I was able to find just this year, uh, on Facebook, probably in one of the groups you found me in, um, able to find other people with my disease, which I just never thought was going to happen. Um, and that's been really, really nice, uh, and refreshing to speak with someone who has like a similar life experience. Right. Yeah. Cause I've, I interviewed somebody who has a chronic regional pain syndrome and, uh, they, told me I, I i told them that this was the second person i interviewed with this condition she said well that's rare because you, you rarely ever meet another person with this condition and I'm like, yeah. well the internet like they're out there it, it's yeah it's crazy <laughs> like you know they're all over the world it's not like i bumped into them um, and, yeah and i did but online but um yeah and then so was, was there a part of you that didn't even believe that because i mean you've had so many misdiagnoses that like how do you know this one's the right one um, I, I mean, I guess I don't technically know it's the right one, but I have, you know, pretty high certainty in at least my classification for now. And the the biggest reward of getting that classification and of that subtype is all of a sudden I'm, you know, a potential candidate for leading research and clinical trials that are happening mostly in Ohio okay. um, at Nature of Life Children's. And that was the biggest relief of all because I have a younger sibling as well with the same thing. Um, and that is, that really bodes well for us to be so close and to be potential candidates because it might push research in that direction. Now, um, what is this research really trying to do? Oh, it's uh, gene therapy uh, studies have been somewhat successful in um, I guess not really curing, but treating uh, different types of limb girdle. Um, and sort of slowing down or almost stopping the progression. Wow. Um, but it's really difficult to do because, you know, it's very complicated genetics uh, that you have to try and alter. Right. Um, but that- it, it, I don't know. It's just really exciting to even have that as like a possibility in my mind. I was going to say, that's um, got to give you some real hope. Yeah. No, I'm sure you're probably going back and forth, though, with like, oh, come on, it's never going to work or, you know, by, yeah. by time I'll be too old or whatever. 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a real double-edged sword because um, it you have to be ambulatory uh, to be in those trials. And um, even if they started on Tuesday now, it would be several years before clinical trials happen. And I really just hope I have uh, ambulation and, and enough strength when that does happen, if it does happen, to be able to be benefited from it. Is there anything you can do, like exercise or anything that can kind of, I don't know, like I said, uh, strengthen your muscles? Yeah, staying, act, staying active, but not overdoing it. Um, and that's like a really like tightrope walk. Right. Um, because you can do a lot of damage uh, with physical activity as well. Okay. Um, so it's just about staying active and trying to do uh, what you can while you can, but not too much of it. You know, you don't want to feel the burn if you have muscular dystrophy. Right, exactly. Um, uh, so for a lot of people who don't know about this condition, how does it affect you personally, your daily? Like, can you walk? Like, wh- how does it really affect you on just on a daily basis? Um, well, it affects me right now, uh, probably all-time low, as it will always be. Uh, with my walking especially, I like, even today, it's been very, very difficult to walk. Um, just like I don't have the strength. Um, and I fall over a lot and uh, twisted my ankles and hurt my knees and all kinds of stuff a lot from falling. Um, but that on top of uh, needing help to shower, my wife helps me shower. Um, I love her. Shout out Christina Favor. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. Uh, yeah, she's what keeps me going for sure. Um, that uh, on top of uh, dealing with, uh, which is just ridiculous some discrimination because uh when i was uh like 11 years old my geneticist prescribed um a mobility device for me so i wouldn't have to walk too far but Mm -hmm. i would be able to stay active and what he chose was a segue like a segue that you'd see people taking tours on right 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 um and so i've been using a segue to help me get around for the last 16 years um basically anywhere i need to go that would be like more than a hundred feet of walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet I, I deal with a lot of people who have a problem with that. So, uh, that's, I guess, a part of how the disease is affecting my life right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that just that for right now, I mean, every day I feel pretty sore, can't use my arms or legs a lot to do a lot of things that I used to do. Um, back in high school, I used to race dirt bikes and, chop wood and be pretty normal um and then by the end of high school i couldn't even run so wow um it just kind of happens yeah it's got to take a toll on you mentally huh yeah it really sucks um there's so you need to know that like uh people with muscular dystrophy their symptoms span very very widely uh, as far as what they can do and, and how much muscle loss they have and you know, the vast majority of the kids that I went to MDA camp with had things like Duchenne's muscular dystrophy, and they were um, basically, you know, very, very physically disabled from a very early age. Um, and that's horrible, and I would never want to trade, you know, muscular dystrophies with anybody. But right. um, it just sucks to, you know, grow up and be able to do things that, you know, abled people can do and do them well and then lose the ability to do that. Um, and then, so you try and supplement that with like a new hobby, but that's still physical. And then eventually you can't do that. And it's 
it's just kind of um, really frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's part of it. I mean, you got to stay positive, I guess. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah, it's hard, dude. I I get it. it, it like, yeah, I, I've I've heard that struggle. You know, being in the the visually impaired community, there's a lot of, you know, conversation between people who have some sight and the blind, where it's like yeah. they they're kind of you know if they were always I mean if they were always blind and they they seem to not care as much. It's like oh you know sucks I don't have sight and you know I'm missing out but whatever. Whereas a lot of the right. people who have sight and are losing it or going to lose it or have lost it and had some at some point, they're the mm-hmm. ones that are really dealing with the mental health part of it where they're really depressed and, and it's like, man, yeah. it sucks. Because you see what you're losing. I mean, literally in that case, I mean, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's like getting old before you're old. Right. Yeah. You said you're what, 28? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think no matter what, if you have a disability, anybody has mental health, but, um, but especially when you have a disability, especially something that deteriorates like you, like it, it's it constantly, and it's a constant reminder, um, for, yeah. I mean, some of it's good. Some of it reminds you of like, Hey, you know, don't ever think you're too good for something, but you know, sometimes it's a, it's just a hard reminder. I mean, I'm sure there's days where forget the physical pain. I'm sure mentally there's days you're just like, why am I bothered getting out of bed? So I just fall again. Like, yeah. Yeah, and it's Yeah, that I've struggled with that a lot last year and it drew me to seek out counseling. Um cuz I got so sore from uh working every day and ended up having to switch my career and move all the way back here from Washington state this year because of all of this. Uh-huh. Um I I mean I had to quit my full-time job and uh it just hurt to do everything and that's a huge mental game. Um <clears throat> And it takes a lot of practice, and in my opinion, I think therapy is probably necessary at, at a point um, for a lot of this. Yeah. Um, just to sort of change your perspective and try and, uh, I guess, change how you think about things um, so you aren't making yourself miserable on top of your disability. Right, exactly. Yeah. Do you do you have do you have like trust issues, like letting people in? Because like when I first started therapy, I, you know, I had a very rough childhood to a certain extent and, and a lot going on and, and, you know, a lot of abuse from adults and, you know, when it was time to go to therapy as an adult, it was like, okay. Like it was the best thing for me in the end, but it took me a minute yeah. to find a therapist that I really wanted to open up to because I'm sharing stories that most people can't comprehend. And even like just, just the eye stuff alone. It's like, well, you have full sight. How the hell do you, how are you going to tell me how to live my life? Um, yeah. So do, do you have that problem of like talking to somebody who, doesn't really get your yeah. story but they're trying to tell you it's going to be okay yeah yeah that's kind of how uh my therapist and i got off to uh our first uh meeting i guess um it just seemed i mean i don't blame him he's not disabled so uh it was just really hard i mean especially being that low at the beginning uh going in and you know explaining to somebody why you hate everything you know uh and maybe all the reasons are wrong, but you're, this is how your life is. And then someone tries to tell you that it's better. Um, it seems uh, like minimizing, you know. Right. Uh, it can be really frustrating to deal with that. Um, 
because every everyone can just say change your perspective it's not that bad you're disabled but you're also abled in all these ways and right. maybe people aren't as bad as you think they are the world isn't so frustrating like you think it is right well they, they don't see it from your your vision yeah and and that doesn't mean he's wrong but i just feel like the perspective isn't there and a lot of people really lack that um perspective putting themselves in the disabled person's shoes and just realize like how every single thing in your life can be affected right um you know whether it's physically or not you know whether it's readily evident or not yeah yeah and that's like for me like yeah i don't know every i mean i've been through a lot of pain in my life and so on but um it, it's I could put myself in your shoes. I'm, I'll never know exactly what it's like to be you, but I can put myself in your shoes to a certain extent. And I have friends that have similar conditions or uh, who are in wheelchairs and, and just, you know, leg braces and all kind of stuff, just different conditions. Um, yeah. And and just like I said, I, I've been in a hospital and I had no skin and I was nearly dying and a lot of this. And so I couldn't walk for a while. And so I get, you know, I don't know exactly, but I, I could put myself in your shoes and I try to do it even with anybody, even if I'm not their color or their gender or whatever you try. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just, when it comes to us, we're kind of the last ones that people can kind of resonate with and go like, Oh, okay. But it, it, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, yeah, it's, there's a well, lot it's of, difficult too. I mean, <laughs> what well, the big problem is, uh, an uninformed, uh, uneducated public, um, when it comes to disabilities. Because there's just no representation, almost. Right. Like to the general, like public, yeah. uh, you don't see like how disability really is on TV or movies. Right. Um, and I, so I get it. Like, if I wasn't disabled, I probably wouldn't understand what it's like to be disabled. And part of that is on me for not trying, but a lot of it is also just no one is trying. Yeah, I mean, you look um, at like some of the most notorious like dis- disabled characters, like Forrest Gump. That's it's yeah. Tom Hanks, you know. Like, yeah. uh, some person I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of, but it's like impossible. But I don't know if you ever watched Breaking Bad, but the the kid who played his son on there, yeah, he actually has. Yeah, cerebral palsy. I really like that guy. Yeah, he's awesome because he actually has yeah. cerebral palsy. Now again, I don't know if he's ever going to be in anything else. Even though he's a really good actor, he's probably never going to get real roles after that, other than just right. being a cerebral palsy kid. Unfortunately, right? Well, I, yeah, that was a great example, though, of, yeah. of somebody really being introduced and showing how a disability kind of is. Yeah, he's one of the very few where you're like, "Oh, Jesus!" Like that guy, like this is perfect. Um, yeah, because th- there was actually rumors that he didn't have cerebral palsy, and I yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Really? He's that good?" Because at that point, I was like, "Oh, this kid is really good." Then, because he yeah. he played that so damn well that I'm like. And then, you know, when I found out he did, I was like, well, okay, that makes sense. I mean, he's still a great actor, but, um, but like, that's one of the few examples of representation in, you know, not just Hollywood, but just in general, just of like, oh, look, um, they can do things. And, and look, they like, cause like I said, representation of us are usually by people who are able bodies. Yeah. It's kind of like back in when, when they first started doing movies and white guys, they didn't, instead of hiring black actors, they just did blackface. Um, maybe it's not as bad because it's more of a mockery, but yeah. <laughs> in a way it is because it's like, you're not even trying to get us. Like there's plenty of people yeah. out there that are able and, and can do this stuff. You just don't want to try to find us. Um, yeah, yeah like I said, it, it, it's, it, it's rough. Like the mental game of it, you know, I've been going back and forth with my mental health and just, uh, battling and you know, no matter how much good I do with this, I, I constantly come to just like, why, what's the point? And you know, just, 
yeah i'm I'm so hard on myself and <clears throat> you know every day I, it's a challenge and um you know like i said it's something that it, it, I, that's why i think mental health is so important to talk about with anybody but especially people with disabilities because there's a lot of us that are struggling beyond our actual physical disability um right a lot of it's the mental stuff you know people will tell you it's more paralyzing sometimes to actually be mentally distraught than it is to actually be physically in a wheelchair because you're, you're so sad they don't even want to try to get out of bed because it's like really like um you know even like what you said with your wife helping you shower and stuff it's like i know i it's amazing that she does that and it's great that you trust her, but there's a part of you as a man. It's like, well, I don't want my wife to do this for me. Like, yeah. Know? Cause as a, as a person with a disability, we, a lot of times, you know, like with me, I can't drive. So I, I feel like I'm a burden to people who drive because it's like, I can, ne they'll never count on me for that. Even though if I yeah. was that person, I would easily drive any of my friends anywhere. Um, right. And so it's, it's kind of suck. But then again, at the end of the day, when you get married, you sign up for things like this, even though you don't know it, but you're like, Hey, yeah, we stick together. We love each other. This is what we do. Yeah. You never realize, I guess, how important like your own sense of uh, worth is like self-worth um, that you gain from self-sufficiency. Right. Like I, I love being able to do things completely on my own do them well, and then show someone, hey, look, this is what I did. And the list of things I can do that way is getting way smaller. Um, and that's really frustrating. Because um, I don't want to, exact, like, exactly what you said, I don't want to be a burden on other people. And I don't, uh, if you ask them, I'm, they'd probably say, no, he's not being a burden at all. But I don't feel that way all the time. Right. Um, and I, I would rather do it on my own and be the helpful one rather than the one being helped. Right. Um, it's in your nature. Yeah. And that, that really sucks. So you got to kind of like a big part of the, the mental game is trying to find uh, other places to find yourself worth or reevaluate why you find yourself worth from, you know, self-sustaining yourself. Yeah. Um, and sort of change that. Yeah. We find ourselves in a lot of lows and we're just yeah. constantly like, you know, I've gotten to some really dark places and I'm just like, man, like, how do I get out of this? Um, you yeah. know, if somebody's in debt, it's hard to see uh, how they could actually own a house and, you know, have a pool and a hot tub because they're so yeah. in debt. They can't, you know, whatever. You're single and lonely. It's hard to see yourself in a relationship. Like you, when you're at that low, it's hard to see, you know, the other side of everything. Um, right. And so, yeah, it, it's, it, it's beyond frustrating. And, and, um, and this is what kills a lot of people. And that's why, I delve into it so much sometimes at nauseum because like I said, there's a lot of people that just don't want to do this anymore and I don't necessarily fault them because, you know, there's some people yeah. like, you know, you're fortunate enough. You have a wife. Not a lot of people have anybody who gives a shit about them. Unfortunately. Yeah. I've been seeing that a lot. And I, I guess, I guess, <laughs> I don't know. I, I figured everyone that was disabled kind of maybe had someone to help them, but I've been seeing a lot of stuff lately where, it's like all these disabled single people asking, Hey, how can I meet somebody? I just need to have somebody else in my life. And I think, Oh my God. Yeah, you do. Like, of course you do. You can't just do it alone. I mean, you can, but why would you, you know? Yeah. And that, like I said, it's, it's amazing that you, you have that because, uh, and the fact that she's seeing you at, you know, I guess at, in some, in some ways at your low where you know that yeah. she loves you because if she didn't, she could leave you now for, reasons that 
I, you can't say she couldn't help because it would be shitty if she did. But it, yeah. you know, but at least she knows kind of where you're at, and she got the gist of who you are. Um, yeah. But like you're, you're kind of like the typical, not typical, but you're like the story of, of like the literal meaning of a person who constantly gets knocked down and keeps getting up because you don't have to work. You don't have to do any of these things. You could just constantly just lay in bed and just say, fuck life. And what's the point? But you continue to try regardless of your depression, regardless of your pain, like you're continuing to try. Um, I don't know. Maybe are you kind of coming to the realization of like, you don't know how much longer you have any physical uh, usage of anything. Are you just trying to like, you know, do as much as you can in your life at this point in time? Yeah. I've kind of, uh, tried to live that way and try over the last decade or so because um, it's been on my mind ever since I started losing abilities. Right. Um, yeah, I try and I, I mean, it's a tricky game. Like I said, it's like a tightrope uh, physically to not overdo it and then do more damage, which I've done multiple times. Right. Um, but yeah, a, a big driving force behind my wife and I's uh, choice to move back to Ohio from Washington this week, this year was to be closer to family because I don't know how much longer I'll be able to go do the things I love to do and why not do them with the people I love, you know, rather than just on my own or with my wife. Right. Um, yeah, that's good to have a good support system. Right. Yeah, it's good to have a good support system around you because that, that kind of fills in some of those dark days of you know, when you're stuck by yourself, at least you can go to someone's house and kind of be yeah. around people. Um, yeah, I, I just work a part-time schedule, but those days at home when my wife is at work and everybody else is at work, they can get kind of lonely and really boring and you can get depressed during those times too. Um, it definitely helps to keep somebody around. Yeah, well, like I said, whatever happens, let me know. Just text me sometime if you ever need someone to talk to. Um, okay. I'm serious. Don't. I'm not just saying that because we're on a recording. Um, but um, there's a little feedback from your phone. But um, what was your like? Well, before I get into that, I, one of the reason why I brought up the idea of uh, you kind of wanting to do as much as you can now is because you know you said that you did like dirt biking, and that's a lot of risky things right there. Yeah. Um, were, were you like cognizant of it then? Like, were, did you real, like, were you just kind of like, eh, you know, maybe it'll get worse. Maybe it'll get better or. Yeah. Well, I, I really just resented it a lot when I was younger. Uh, and just kind of in my head the whole time just said, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I can as hard as I can. Yeah. Um, and that drove me to a lot of really painful muscle days. Right. Um, but I didn't give a shit because I was doing what I really, really loved doing. Yeah, that's okay. Um, and I don't know. It's, I kind of just went into like denial about it <laughs> yeah. at a point until probably like three or four years ago when I, I got another genetic test and then I sort of just tried to put it in the back of my mind and said, I'm going to live my life however I can because I was at still you know able to do a lot of things um but not not a lot of things as well um but as it gets as i get more um weak and my disease progresses more it's harder to just say screw it i'm gonna push past it because it's just not gonna happen (laughs) yeah you know you lose that like 
ability to just say, screw it and go do what you want. Mm. Um, but I mean, my advice to anybody who's in a situation like mine is do whatever you can and try and hurt as little as you can, but definitely do the thing that you want to do because you'll never get another shot. Right. Yeah. Or maybe you will, but you never know if you will get another shot, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, like I said, I can understand both sides of it where you just, you don't want to hurt yourself, but also you don't know how much time you have left to actually do some of these things. So you should try to do it now before it's too late. And cause you just, you don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I push myself to what I think are my sort of safe limit, you know, my limits under the limit, you know, uh, every day just to make sure I can keep doing something and really enjoy whatever I try and do. Um, as much as possible because I'm really, 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 really dreading, uh, the wheelchair. All right. Um, I have a power chair and a manual chair. I can't really use the manual chair on my own, but, um, I, I really, really don't want that because unfortunately the world is super inaccessible to wheelchairs still, uh, in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, obviously it's a lot better, but, uh, than it used to be, but I would, I don't know. I'm really dreading the wheelchair life, but it's really been helpful to get on Facebook with especially all these uh, limb girdle muscular dystrophy groups because I see a lot of people who are further progressed than I am or at really similar stages, you know, probably going to be in a chair in the next few years. And it really helps me sort of get com- more comfortable with the idea. Right. Um, because I, I guess in my mind, I think that like the wheelchair is going to be more of my identity than I am mm-hmm. once I'm in it. And it's, seeing these other people that are really happy and like super themselves right. uh, but still in a wheelchair is really helpful but I'm it's something I'm still working on mentally yeah I always go back to an episode I did I don't know some months back and uh, this guy named Phil he's actually I think he runs the one group that we're both in and um, he's paralyzed from the shoulders down so he has all function in his arms and everything um, mm-hmm. He runs a business and he has his family and he, he just does a lot with his life. But he paralyzed himself when he was 19 in a motorcycle accident. And uh, mm-hmm. he was feeling sorry for himself. He was laying in bed and, and he just was like, well, I just ruined the rest of my life and so on. And while he was recovering, he was out in one of the therapy rooms or whatever. And he bumped into a guy who was paralyzed from the jaw down. And that guy was cracking jokes and just messing with him and saying, hey, man, lighten up. Like life can be better. Hey, you got your arms yeah. and all that. And. Um, people like that is kind of what you need because there's a lot of these people that are just worse off than you, and it's yeah, it's kind of hard to understand that or see that until you actually see it, and then it's like, oh shit, like okay, like I should just be appreciative, and like I said, with you being having a wife and having family, uh, having people who support you and care about you, it's something. I may not be everything you want, and I know it's a lot that's been taken from you, and it's you know I'm very sorry for that, and it sucks, but you do have some things that some people just don't have and you can't buy. You can't buy family. Right. You can't buy love. Right. And shit like that is things that just, you know, it, it can help you a little, even if it's just a little bit, it helps you get through one day. It's one day. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know anytime you're, you're feeling bad for yourself, you got to kind of like slap yourself upside the head and say, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, it could be a million times worse. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Um, look at you. I mean, that's you're... really hard to do too. But it's 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 such a mental game. Disability is a mental game. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, look it, at you, you know, 75, 75% of us are unemployed and you're working. So like you have every excuse not yeah. to work and you're working like it's, you, you know, regard, yeah. you're going out swinging. However you, how long you're going to be swinging, you're, you're swinging. Like, um, yeah, you can't take that from you. Like you got the heart, like you're doing it. So, um, regardless of whatever you believe in God or any of that, like whatever it is you believe, like, it doesn't matter. Like you, you're just, you're doing what's best for you. And like I said, I don't know how anyone can tell you like, slow down or don't do this. It, like you're trying to live your life the best way you can. And you're only 28. It's not like you're 80 and it's like, well, maybe yeah. I have 10 years. Like, no, you may yeah. have another fucking 80, you know, another 80 years, depending on technology and all this shit. Like you want to try yeah. to live the life that you, the, you know, as best suits you. Um, yeah. Was there any goals and like things in your life that you really wanted to do? Like for me, like obviously driving was something I'd love to do. And I was really big into cars when I was a kid. And of course that was taken from me. So was there something like really major in life you wanted to do? And it just completely was just derailed. Um, well, I always say if I, I think just trying to like figure out who I am uh, in the past, I've always said if I wasn't disabled, I probably would have ended up, like in the military or just traveling the world. And it, it kind of seems like now I'll probably never go to another country and I've never been to another country, but I would really like to. Yeah, um, don't write it off. Yeah. I start the bar low at Canada or something. Hey, Canada's uh, beautiful. Go from there. Yeah, don't, don't give up on it yet. It's, it's possible. And people have done crazier things. Um, yeah. you know, there's like, there's a guy, was in the Olympics and he was well, not this Olympics, but he wasn't. He's, he's he's got no legs and he, he's he's a champion wrestler. Like you know, there's people that do some crazy shit that I don't I don't know how they do it and they just have the courage and they put yeah. everything into it. And again, I know his his upper strength will probably be stronger than yours, but it 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 doesn't matter. It's just an example of a person who can do things with no legs, which I can't even fathom. Um, yeah, and yeah. people do amazing <laughs> things, and and all you want to do is travel, and it's just you got to like try to put it out there to the world, like just in your head and just constantly try to talk yourself into it happening. Cause that's the only way yeah. it's going to happen. And again, you have people who support you and care about you and, and you know, you never know what could happen. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it is sad a lot of times with, in our groups where, you know, things that you mm -hmm. want to do and maybe in the military, not so much, but like a lot of the, the basic things we like, a lot of the things that we want in life are kind of basic things that a lot yeah. of people can do every day. And, you know, it gets taken from us and it's like, well, you know, cause I, I've said many times, like I would love to just be able to get in my car and drive to, you know, a diner and grab a breakfast sandwich or something and come home. And it's like, well, that's silly. Yeah. It's like, no, because you can do it. If you couldn't do it, you would feel how I do. Um, right. And you know, and so that's, it's just, it, it sucks because we constantly have to set the bar lower and lower. Um, yeah. And that's, well, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're asking us if I want to do that I can't do, that I would love to go on a long, you know, 10-mile run, that sounds really fun. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just meant as far as anything, like childhood or whatever. Like I said, with me, I was so yeah. big into cars that are like I felt like I was going to do something with cars. Um, yeah. And then once I got sick and my eyes went, it was like, well what's the point about cars? I can't even drive them. Like, who, who cares? Yeah. I can get in a Lamborghini, but I can't drive it. What's the point? Uh, um, what, what was like your, you know, what was your childhood like? Um, 
kind of uh, turbulent. <laughs> turbulent. Uh, grew up out in the country in the in southwestern Indiana, like in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Uh, with no neighbors and uh, really hardworking dad and a mentally ill mom and a younger brother and older sister. Um. So. Uh, I don't know how to answer that. No, I, what I was, um, like, what, what was what was school like for you? Like, did you go through any bullying or anything? Oh yeah, uh, pretty much since uh, I joined public school in the fifth grade, I dealt with uh, people being total jerks, and um, it very quickly became related to my disability because I started bringing my Segway to school uh, in seventh grade because I couldn't get around the middle school and uh, that required the, the uh, disabled bus to pick up my Segway. And then I'd have to go back out in front of the whole school and go get my Segway and ride it around, oh. which you know, in seventh grade being different at all is horrible, much less yeah, that it's terrible. Um, and so I deal with, uh, dealt with a lot of that. And then just people seem to think that uh, when they do know that you are weak, that they can, uh, pick on you or threaten you. Uh, so I've dealt with that all the way through college. Um, haven't really been bullied all that much since then. That's good. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks. People are assholes. Um, but what are you going to do? No, I got you. Yeah, like that's the stuff. And that's, like I said, the stuff that, you know, nowadays, you know, like you and I are around the same age. So when I went to school, you know, some of that bullying stuff, it stopped once you went home. But now it goes right onto the internet. Uh, right now, there's a picture of yeah. you in the Segway or a video of you on TikTok or something, and it's it's terrible because you know it just doesn't stop. And this is why a lot of these kids kill themselves. And it doesn't just not just disabled kids, but gay kids and and so on. Just people yeah. getting treated like crap. And school could be yeah. really rough. And if you have like just a, a shitty last name, I don't know Cox. It's like oh look. Uh, yeah. And it's like, Jesus, like, but yeah, if you have a disability, like, it's just open season, like. Yeah, it's plus I'm a redhead, so I got the ginger oh, abuse. Ginger, and, too, yeah. And all that. <laughs> ginger on wheels, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I gotcha, yeah, it's. Yeah, that's yeah. why I quit uh, using social media for, like, I, I don't know, like, five, six years until this year. I didn't even get on uh, Facebook or post anything or anything like that. Because um, I couldn't stand it. It was taking up too much of my life. Yeah, and there's just a lot of stuff on there you don't like. Not even just like the yeah. hatred stuff, but just a lot of nonsense that just just yeah. blocks your mind <laughs> and, and just keeps you from actually learning anything real. And um, yeah, and then there is just a lot of hatred and just trolling and just bullshit that is just like oh, yeah. Know. And then you entertain it just because you have nothing else to do. Or and it's, yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's, it's a bad spiral. Yeah, and then they... it, it's also it's also great though. The whole reason I'm even on here was so I could find other people with my disease. Once I figured out what I had, and it, since then it's been awesome uh, getting to talk to all these other people in the disability advocacy community. Yeah, um, it's been yeah. really awesome, like really eye opening. Um, I got a there's another guy with the exact same disease that I have that kind of even looks like me. His name's Chris. Um, that I'm going to be playing video games with for the first time here soon. And that's really awesome. I can't wait to talk to him about something like that. And I mean, some of, that would never be possible without uh, everybody trying to come together and, and share experiences and empathize with each other. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, again, 
a lot of times we feel it's just hard not to feel alone. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, you know that there's other people like there, like you, like I have other you know, similar, even similar, uh, you know, all the different letters and all that of dystrophy. Like there's a lot of it that are out there, but yeah, when you're stuck at home and you're alone and you're in your feelings and sad and angry, it, it's hard to feel like there's anyone out there. And now you just can type in some groups and people come up yeah. and it's like, Hey guys, like, and then just like, Oh, Hey, welcome in. And, um, yeah. and again, like I said with this, like, and just constantly meeting all these great people and what they do. And there's so many people with disabilities out there that are trying to do great things. It's just, we have to support each other. And, and that's one of the biggest problems in, in our community is just, we don't support each other. Not enough. Yeah. And you know, as yeah, it's like, there's no like hardened point for the disability community. Like no one has come together or not enough people have come together all at once to create this, you know, movement or, or awareness or anything because it's so split because disability is so random. It seems like, you know, there's just such a incredibly wide array of disabilities that, I mean, it's like impossible to bring that group together, like functionally to get something done. Um, just because everyone's needs are so different. Yeah. I always said it should be more like we have a thing here in Pennsylvania called, um, what is it called? Uh, OVR. And they have all these little brand. It's for people with disabilities. And then there's all these branches, like the blind version is blind and visual services. And they, they help you out with whatever you need, technology and, and uh, you know, mobility training so you can get around taking the bus and all that. But they have different stuff for the blind and just different parts. of it. So, so I always felt like it should just be some sort of big organization of, of group of people who stick together. And we, we, we venture off and we do our own things, but certain parts of the year, we do walks and we do things that support us as a whole, but yeah. for the rest of the year, like, you know, or, or good parts of the year, we, we, we stick to our own thing. We, we, you know, I take care of the blind, you take care of your thing and the deaf do their thing and so on and so on. But we just yeah. stick together because like I said, it, we're so spread thin. Um, yeah. And you see a lot of people that are looking, they're spreading it even thinner where it's like, I see a lot of like, women or black people or people just are saying like we want more inclusion with people with disabilities on posters and things and it's like look i understand that sentiment but when you do that you're spreading it even thinner because now you're breaking it down to not only you know black it's now black blind or black deaf it's like you're spreading it so thin now to the point where it's like i don't even know how we support each other at all because yeah you know, it's already, you know, I mean, it's 1.6 billion of us, but you break it down to something that small, it's it's like, good luck. There's no help. Yeah, yeah um, it's like the more specific it gets, the more exclusionary it is. Yeah, whereas I, I feel like if we just all support each other, because again, the, the disabled community alone is barely included in anything. So yeah. if we break it down to women or gay or anything like that, we start breaking it down or gay, you know, insert disability, it's like shit, like we don't have a chance. And it's like yeah. if we just all stick together, we all support each other. And we, because again, the disabled community, every dis- or every ethnicity is in it, every gender, every whatever, religion, every person is included in our, in our little community, in our big community. So it's like yeah. we don't have to break it down to, hey, let's just do white and black and, and gay and straight and all that. We can just do it all the way through. And then if we want to bleed into other communities like, 
you know, Me Too and all that. If you want to support those other groups, that's fine too. But as the disabled community, if we stick together and we actually, um, you know, again, just include all of us and just it's not broken down into these, these small little subdivisions, we can make yeah. more change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me see. What was I going to ask you? Um, yeah, so uh, do you have any more, like, I, like towards the end, I always like just to make sure anyone has any. Do you have any more advice for anybody who's just, uh, you know, like a younger you just struggling to. Um, um, for a younger me? Yeah, just someone uh, struggling. I, I would have, yeah, I, I would have. Um, I guess I would recommend therapy and uh, realize that you're not any different from all the other disabled people. And you can all get along and help each other. Yeah. Um, I think that probably would have helped me a lot. <laughs> no, I got you. Uh, and, and know you're not alone, even if you think you are. Right. Um, you just got to seek out what you're looking for. And it's there. Yeah. It is a lot easier um, telling people that than actually believing it, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. If you would have told me that a year ago, even just one year ago from today, I would have told you, yeah, right. Get out of my face. There's no one else that can help me. Right. Um, because it feels like that and it, it's very real. Um, I don't, I mean, other than that, stop lying to yourself and you know, realize that it's not all hell. You're still alive. Um, and the nicer you are to yourself and other people, the more enjoyable your life will be. There's no point in hating your life all the time. Yeah. And if you can't live your life happily for yourself, then do it for the other people that love you if you have that. Yeah. A lot of times we self-reflect and we beat the shit out of ourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's I definitely do. I mean, I'm super hard on myself, you know, and probably largely because of how I was raised to be more accountable and everything. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough when the tools are taken away for you to succeed in your own eyes, you know? Yeah. Um, just kind of in closing, do you, do you have any, I don't know, like, do you have any kind of goals of, of just, I don't know, advocating or, uh, writing a book or anything? Is there something you want to do just to give, um, to give back with your condition? Yeah. I mean, I, well, I don't know. I've been trying to get more involved, um, and give back to the MDA because they have helped me so much in my life. Um, even before I knew what I had, mm. um, I, I was able to be included in that conversation and in that group. Right. So something like that um, is kind of probably on my horizon. Um, one second. No, you're good, buddy. Sorry. Can you still hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Um, but, I mean, in a larger sense, uh, I, I mean, there's a couple of things I always try and tell everybody and that's, um, just because someone is disabled doesn't mean that you need to treat them nicely or, or treat them meanly. They're just like every other person and deserve all these same amount of respect as everyone else, obviously. Right. Um, and that you don't know if someone is disabled or how they are disabled or able, um, and to, I guess, tell people to you know, let people live the life that they are able to live despite their disability rather than um, judging them for it or classifying them in some other way. Right. Because um, I've dealt with that a lot. Yeah. 
Um, that and uh, the disabled community uses a very large array of uh, helpful mobility devices and other devices to help them uh, that a lot of people are not used to uh, because they're not conventional. I'm really talking about my segue here, but oh, there's good. a lot of stuff like that. Um, so please try and raise awareness about that. Just because you see somebody using something or doing something that maybe that's not even the intended purpose. People might think I'm just some rich, spoiled person riding a Segway right. on tour who thinks he can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, that's not the case. So don't just jump to that kind of conclusion. Um, and try and show some compassion and love and, and understand people before you just say something, you know? Yeah, exactly. uh, I get a lot of people telling me I'm cheating or that my wife should be riding my Segway or, or why the hell do you have that in here? And all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and it's just unnecessary. It just tears everybody down. Oh, very quickly. Do you like when you go into stores and stuff, what do you like? Do you have to like show some sort of like identification or something that you can ride that? Um, legally I don't have to do anything other than give, give um, what's called credible assurance which is, um, it can be verbal, so I can uh, just tell them that I have a disability. Uh-huh. Um, but I can also show them the certification for my disability placard for my car or um, a letter from a physician. So I have all three of those that I um, can present to people. Um, but even when presenting all three of those, it doesn't always work. Right. Um, and I've been kicked out of a lot of places um, because of it. Wow. Um, currently, I'm in a, a battle with uh, the Newport Aquarium in Newport, Kentucky, because last month, uh, or sorry, in June now, um, they would not la- allow me to enter their aquarium because I was on my Segway after I provided them all the, you know, possible documentation that I could offer. Um, and then they, I, w- I was kicked out for a correct reason. They told me that the ceilings were too low, which was not right. Um, but unfortunately they stand by their decision to disallow my device and they don't allow, or they don't provide, um, electric scooters or anything. Um, and they, they do provide a manual wheelchair, but I explained to them, I can't do that because I don't have the arm power to do that. Um, but they seem to think that that's okay. And so does the the corporation that owns them. Um, so I'm in a battle against them. So I'd, I'd love to, uh, fight my, uh, petition I have against them and you can totally read up on, that whole issue, uh, it's very interesting. It goes into the um, Title Three of the ADA and how the law works surrounding mobility devices and that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, buddy, I think this is it, unless you have anything else to say. Um, I don't know. What is there anything I can do to uh, help your cause or, or I mean, do you need anything else from me? I mean, hey, if you just want to listen to some episodes and share it once in a while, that's that's all I need from you. But, um, I mean, you don't have to do that. But, yeah, it'd be great. Um, you know, if there's any way I can help you as well, like I said, whatever. Um, either way, we can become friends. And if you need anyone to talk to, like I said, I am around. Um, if I am home, you can call me and whatever. But, um, like I said, you ain't need anything, please just don't be, uh, don't feel like you're alone. There's some of us out here that are willing to help you. Um, but yeah, like I said, yeah, just listen to the podcast when you got some time and, um, you know, share an episode every so often or whatever, but other than that, yeah, I don't need anything, buddy. Just keep being you and yeah, just keep being you and, and stay strong. And like I said, stay around the people that care about you. And like I said, you need anything, just, just holler. 
Okay. Is it okay if I uh, shout out my uh, URL for my petition? Whatever you want. Okay. It is uh, tinyurl.com slash T23XASWU. All right. Um, um, so I'd, I'd appreciate if anybody could uh, go on there and sign the petition because I'm trying to get uh, the, the aquarium to change their policy so I can attend it with my disability. Send send me a link when we get off of here. I'll I'll get on there and sign it for you. Okay, uh, I will right away. Um, yeah, and then when I when the episode comes out, I will I will put it in there in the description. Um, but yeah, buddy, thank you again. This was uh, fun. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I I really did. Thank you for having me. It's an awesome uh, idea for a podcast that's definitely needed. Yeah, appreciate um, it. So I'll start listening. I'll give you some feedback too. Yeah. I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll talk soon. All right. All right, sounds good. Have a good day. You too, buddy. All right, thanks. <clears throat> All right, guys, I'm back. Well, well, I'm back by myself. Um, but yeah, there he is. He made a little noise. I think you guys could hear that. Um, hi, see boys. How you doing, big guy? You you weren't very uh, animated this episode. You just kind of were bouncing around a little bit. All right, guys. Um. I know this is probably after my depression meltdown and um yeah, I'm still kinda getting over it and trying to figure out my shit and so what are you gonna do? Um Yeah, I'm just been struggling to find more guests and I, I'm way ahead so it's so silly, but it, it just bothers me because there's so many people I'd love to have on and I'm trying my best to get a hold of them and it's just a lot of people not reading messages and they're too big and they're you know, isolated because they're celebrities or somewhat celebrities and you can't get a hold of them. They run foundations and, but their name's on the foundations, but then no one knows how to get a hold of us. It's just a bunch of shit. It, it, it takes more than just texting somebody or reaching out to them on social media. Uh, it, it's very frustrating. Trust me. I, it sucks. Um, but anyway, I'm still here. We're doing this. Um, gotta be positive. I got my buddy bullet. And, uh, again, just did another good guest and, um, yeah, I'll see you guys on the next one, and everybody take care of themselves, and, uh, you know, everyone uh, stay safe. All right, see you guys. Bye.